Yo guys, what's going on? Yuri here. Welcome back to the show. Today, I want to I want to talk with you about the only measure of success that actually matters. I was flying back from Los Angeles uh, recently and reading a really good book by John Wooden. I think it's called Wooden on Leadership. In case you don't know who he is, he's arguably the best coach of all time, at least in the athletic sphere. One. 10 national championships with UCLA in basketball uh, set like just unprecedented records with every single team he touched. It was just incredible. And he passed away a few years ago. Uh, but just like anything you can learn from John Wooden is, is going to serve you. So one of the things I want to share about his from his book, and this is something I firmly believe to be true, is the only measure of success that actually matters. And I think this is important, especially when we live in a day and age where there's a lot of comparison, a lot of competition, and you know there's a lot of kind of like negative self-talk. Sorry, a lot of negative self-talk, a lot of anxiety, a lot of depression in the entrepreneurial space. I don't think social media helps with that. Um, so I want to start off by sharing a story with you that will hopefully make sense of this this idea. So when I was in my third year of university, I was, playing with, I was playing varsity soccer at the University of Toronto, and we had an amazing team, one of our best teams in the four years that I played there. And we were playing uh, one of our rivals, Laurier, and it was, I mean, they had a very good team as well. They just, you know, they had national team players. We had national team players. It was, a, it was the semifinal of the province championship, or the state championship, if you want to think of it that way, if you're in the U.S., and it was a phenomenal game. Like it was uh, like a playoff game, do or die, winner goes to the national championships. Because the way it worked at the time was if you made it to the finals of state or the province, even if you lost in the finals, you still made it to the national championships. So we knew that this was, this was the do or die, this was the pivotal game. And as a goalie, I played one of the best games I've ever played in my life. Like it, I was, I was pulling things out of you know what They're like people were just blown away by how I was making some of these saves. Like I was blown away by how I was making some of these saves. It was absolutely unbelievable. I believe the game was one all. It was one all. That's right. It was one all, and at the end of ninety minutes, we had to go to extra time. Now, in case you don't know me from my soccer days, shootouts, penalty shots, was my jam. I think in my whole career, I maybe lost two or three shootouts. And that's including from the time I was a kid. So I was very, very good at this stuff. And we actually had one. No, that was, that, was, that was an extra. So I'll save that for another episode. Anyways, so I knew that if we if we got through these two 15-minute periods of time and we made it to penalty shots, like I'm like, man, I got this. No problem. Anyways, first half of extra time, 15 minutes down. Uh, so we switch ends, no goals are scored. At the time, it was do or die. So if you scored, now it's different. If, at the time, if you scored at any point in extra time, the game was over. And now it's like if you score, you still have the extra two or you still have the 15-minute times two to get the, the goal back. And if you don't, then you lose. So it was really do or die back then. And 15 minutes down in extra time, no goals. So we switch ends, second half of the extra time, goes on, and still pulling saves out of left, right, and center, just incredible stuff. I see the clock, it's winding down, and I'm thinking to myself, oh my God, we're gonna, we're gonna win this thing. Like, this is it, we got this. And 
out of the blue, one of their strikers, who was a phenomenal player, ended up playing professionally in Germany as well, uh, cracks the ball, and it hits the, the corner where the post meets the crossbar. I'm like, there's no chance I'm saving this ball, right? I dive, not even close to it. And the ball bounces, somehow bounces back off where it ever hit. And instead of flying to the side, it bounces right back into the middle of the six-yard box. I'm down on the ground because I dove to save this shot. And their striker comes in and taps it in. Open net. It was devastating. The game was over, right? We we're literally 10 seconds away from a shootout, in which case I think we would have won. And that was it. Game over. We don't go to the national championships. Our run is over. And I was absolutely crushed. Like it was, if you've ever had that experience, you know what, you know what it feels like. And as bad as it felt, there was a part of me that walked off the fields feeling like a winner. Because the reality is at the end of the day, it's not the score that determines if you're successful or not. It's whether or not you gave it your all and whether or not you gave the best of what you could possibly be. And on that day, I did. And on that day, most of our team did as well. And so, yes, we lost. I mean, it could have gone either way, to be honest. We lost based on, you know, one shot, freak, rebound, whatever. Um, but the reality is that we, you know, we, sh we, we had all the right to, head, to hold our head high. So Laurier goes to the national championships. And the cool thing is that that, so the national championships were in Halifax, so, you know, east side of Canada. And we had four of our, four of our players were named to the first team All-Canadian. I was one of them. We had three other players, first team All-Canadians, right? So it's like first team All-Stars and NCAA type of thing. But we were the only team not at the national championships to have anyone, let alone four players, on the first team All-Canadian roster. So what that meant was that four of us got to travel to Halifax, even though we weren't playing, we got to go there and watch. And then obviously we had some fun and all that good stuff. But here's the thing. So we, so we flew out to Halifax and I remember getting into, we arrived at the hotel and as we got there, the whole Laurier team was there. So the team would beat us, you know, a week or so prior. They're all there in the lobby. And as I walk in, I just see the looks on their face drop and they're like, oh my God, it's nightmare. It's nightmare. They called me nightmare because like apparently I was a nightmare for them to try to score on. And somehow they just, you know, they're taken aback by the fact that we were there, but we weren't playing the national championships. We were there just because we were on the, you know, we had the accolade of being a first team all Canadian. Anyways, it was pretty cool. Uh, anyway, Laurier went on to win the national championships that year and the next year after. They were just, you know, incredible powerhouse. The message that I'm trying to get across here in this really long, drawn-out story is that the only measure of success that actually matters is whether or not you did your best. That's it. That's all that matters. So, you know, at the end of the day, if you take full responsibility for your results, which you should, because... It's always your fault, good or bad, right? Then it's really refreshing to just be honest with yourself. Like, did I give it my best? Did I learn as much as I could? Let's just kind of come back to business for a second. Did I learn as much as I could? Did I develop and refine my skills every single day, right? Did I push through discomfort? Did I give up when it was hard or did I keep going, 
But when you start to ask yourself all these questions and you start to recognize like, man, like maybe I was playing half-assed the whole time, right? Because I promise you, if you're really giving, and I'm not necessarily talking about effort in the sense of hours worked, right? There's a lot of micro things going on here. Like, sure, you have to put in the, you have to be industrious. You have to put in the work, right? You can't substitute hard work initially for anything else. You can't delegate anything until you're making, like if you're making no money and you're expecting to delegate your phone calls, like you gotta, you need a reality check. Do the calls yourself, get very good at them, okay? So if you can honestly look at yourself in the mirror and say, man, like today was an amazing day. This week was amazing. I did everything I possibly could do to move my business forward and whatever happens, happens, right? Because you can't control enrolling a client. Like I've got people on my team like, hey, I'm like, what's your goal this week? They're like, oh, I'm gonna enroll four, four clients. I'm like, really? You sure about that? Because you have no control over that. But here's what you can control. You can control how you ask questions. You control the follow-up. You control what you do, not how someone else responds, right? So it's very important not to set yourself up for, uh, for failure in the sense of, setting goals that are very unrealistic and most likely not gonna happen. And if they don't happen, then you feel crappy about yourself. Listen, at our mastermind recently, I was not, not the mastermind that I run, but the mastermind that I'm a part of, we share all of our numbers, right? So, you know, we're seven, eight figure businesses, everyone's sharing their numbers. And it's, it's pretty nerve wracking sometimes to stand up in front of a group of some really smart business owners and be like, hey, here was the goal that I set for this quarter. And here's what actually happened. And it being nowhere even close, that's a, you know, that's a bit of a reality check. And I've recognized over the years that I actually don't enjoy setting goals. I enjoy focusing on the process because I can't control how much money I make, but I can control the things I do every day that are gonna move us closer to that outcome. So my encouragement to you is don't worry about the outcome. Don't worry about the results. Be obsessed with the process. Focus on the process, not the prize. Because when you do that, the prize becomes a lot easier to attain and it becomes a byproduct as a result of the work that you do. So instead of obsessing about the outcome, about the prize, obsess about the process, right? So let's use a, like a real life example for a second. I tell my clients, the two most important things you have to do in the early stages of your business, you have to get very good at sales and marketing. And in our world, that means you have to be very good at writing messages or copy that we're then gonna amplify in the form of a Facebook ad, and you have to be very good on the phone with prospective clients. So if those are the two skills we need to develop, who cares about what the money is gonna look like? But if you just get better at those two things, and I gave, them, I gave everyone a very, very clear example of this at our mastermind, I said, listen, if all you do every day, first thing in the morning, 30 minutes, is write one new ad, in 30 days, a couple things are gonna happen. Number one, a lot of your ads are gonna suck. You're gonna have a few ads that are really good. And number three, you will have developed a really, really powerful skill set that very few people have, which is writing good copy. And copy is like persuasion in written form. And if you're using the internet, you have to learn how to write good copy. And most people have no clue. So if, if, if you knew that if you just did more of that and that as a product of the volume of repetition, you would get a couple gems out of that, that's a pretty good use of your, of your time because all you need is one good ad. Like, listen, I could, if, I, if I were to show you the, like the 
seven or eight Google Docs that I have that are hundreds of pages of ads, it would probably overwhelm you. And it should, because I've spent many, many years writing ads over and over and over and over every single day, every single day. And that's the only way I've gotten good at it, right? I kind of, you know, obviously you learn the templates, the frameworks, you study the grades, and then you practice. So yeah, I'm like, yeah, I'm focused on a, you know, a specific outcome, but I can't control that outcome. I can only control on, okay, yeah, I'm going to take my fingers and I'm going to start typing. I can, I can do that. I have control over that. You have control over that. So focus on the process. Focus on what you control and do your best every single day. That's all you can ask for. That's all anyone else can ask of you. If you want to be better on video, guess what? The first time you're probably going to suck. A lot of people say, hey, man, you're so natural and calm and collected on video. I'm like, well, thank you. But also, please understand that I wasn't born this way. I've put in thousands of hours. I mean, just to my health and fitness channel on YouTube, there's probably 1,500 videos. Right, and then I do like a daily video for Healthpreneur. I mean, this is this is my unique genius. This is what I love doing. But I wasn't born like my first videos on YouTube. If you go back to like 2006, 2007, they're pretty. Uh, they're a little bit different, right? And I don't think they're better than they are now. So give yourself permission not to be perfect, because every master was once a disaster, and you have to give yourself runway and practice to get better at anything. So that's my message for you today is just don't be too hard on yourself, right? Focus on what you control. And if you focus on that, then you never fail unless you don't actually do the work. Got that? So listen, if you want help growing your business, if you want help getting more clients, if you want to have a lot more predictability so that you know exactly how to generate leads and clients literally on demand like clockwork, then that's what we do every single day with our clients. If you're a health or fitness expert, you're amazing at what you do, but you just haven't figured out how to have clients knocking on your door, well, we can probably help you. So here's what I'd like you to do if that's what you're looking for. Go to workwithyuri.com. So that's workwithyuri.com. On that page, just answer a few questions about your business so we have some context about where you're at. And... Once you've done that, then you'll be able to book in a call to speak with one of, our, one of our results coaches. And they're amazing at doing a couple of things. We're literally going to, number one, audit your business. We're going to look at exactly what's going on, where you're bleeding money, where the opportunities lie. And then based on all that, we'll put together a game plan specific for you. And if you want our help to deploy that game plan in your business for even faster results, then we can talk about what it might look like to work together. And if not, that's cool as well. Okay, at least you'll leave with a good game plan, more clarity about what to do and what not to do. All right. So to get that started, just go over there right now, workwithyuri.com, book in your time to speak with us. And listen, if you're if what you're doing isn't working, it's time to look at something different. Look at something that actually works, that's been proven to work with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of other health professionals and fitness professionals. And if you're amazing at what you do, I'm pretty sure we could probably help you as well. So thanks so much for tuning in. I will see you in the next episode.